You've made it to Not Billable, the Law Trades podcast that brings you bite-sized legal and business news updates, full event replays, and conversations with legal pros about what's going on behind the scenes every week. Stop the clock, put the timesheet down, it's time to get started. Hey everybody, I'm Warren Pellick with Law Trades, back with another weekly news update, joined, as always, by my good friend Matt Margolis. Matt, tell the good people how you doing. Today, I think I'm living the dream. Oof. I think I'm doing it. It's like you it like warms that? my heart when I hear that. It's it's so. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's take a look. What we're I can never live here. the nightmare. I feel like I no, can't. Live. No, if you live the nightmare, <laughs> podcast over. That's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> um, All okay, right, so let's take a look at what we're talking about this week. Obviously, the the biggest thing we're talking about this week, it'll probably take up most of this podcast, is the FTX collapse. Right, that is the the news du jour uh, that is that is taking over everyone's feed. Uh, but we'll also talk about uh, Dave Portnoy and uh, some of his Barstool Sports stuff and, and some of the allegations coming out against him. Uh, and also uh, big layoffs uh, in, mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley and the law firms associated with that. A few of the minor stories we'll hit this week are uh, Eli Lilly's uh, Twitter issues and what Elon Musk is doing in, in uh, Ireland. That's, that's kind of a story. But let's start, as we were saying, with crypto's you know, big deal. Or I, I cannot stress enough how much... See, it's funny because normally we talk about Twitter. I think we are actually going to be talking about Twitter as a later story, but like we're always talking about the acquisition of Twitter, what's going on with Twitter. Now I am glued to Twitter, and that's not the story. The story is that all of these late-breaking news events and everything that's happening as it relates to FTX is occurring real-time mm-hmm. on Twitter. And uh, let's, I'll let you uh, intro it up. Uh, I mean, but real-time, we're talking... In the course of no more than two weeks, the the golden boy, the the titan of crypto himself, Sam Bankman Fried, who who had FTX, which was a, a public uh, exchange platform, and then the sister company Alameda Research, which was a private hedge fund. Uh, November first, everything seemed okay. He, he was a, a god amongst men in the crypto world. November 2nd, Coindesk publishes a, a bombshell report that basically calls into question uh, um, FTX's uh, trade practices, something called a FTT, which was their, uh, um, their, their token that they would use on the exchange. Right. We won't get too into the weeds here, um, but basically said, we think they're insolvent. We've looked at their, at their balance sheets, and we think that FTX is insolvent. Within a few days, Binance, which started out as kind of an early investor in FTX, is now kind of a friendly rival, was the number one or number two exchange sure. in the world, uh, along with FTX, dumps $2 billion worth of FTT, which starts a rush on FTX. And by the end of the week, FTX and Alameda are declaring bankruptcy. Uh, a, a, a shocking, uh, unbelievably sudden turn of events. And then the plot thickens. If that was not enough, if that was not enough, the plot thickens. Turns out the SEC and the DOJ are investigating uh, Alameda and FTX for what seems to be some sort of fraud or, or misuse of funds in that Alameda had built a backdoor into FTX and they were taking clients' deposits and using them uh, to fund their bets in Alameda uh, in their hedge it's, fund. This story, If you, <laughs> I think someone had said this online, they're like, if you had just talked about the facts of the story, you would sound like Alex Jones on Infowar. It sounds like this crazy conspiracy, but it's but it seems to be it's not the case. Again, on Twitter, it's being like tweeted out in real time. Yeah. So to 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 add to this story, which is unbelievable, is 
that Binance um, creating this right this this bank rush right where hey we're gonna sell this two million or two billion dollars in FTT whatever coin right yeah uh, after creating this rush and I think there was six billion dollars in, in attempts to withdraw where at that point I think everyone became abundantly clear that FTX was functionally insolvent it's crashing yeah yeah Binance says um, hey we'll acquire you we'll buy you. And right when they, I think they signed an LOI and they go into it. And then I think maybe a day or two later, Binance is like, just kidding. This is horrible. <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> you are, you are so, so gone. You are, there is no way that we would acquire you it would be such a, you know, it would be a problem. And I think other players in the industry probably saw the same thing. So what we have right now is we have FTX that is completely bankrupt, actually bankrupt, just filed chapter 11 with its astounding 130 plus subsidiaries which if you look at that is concerning on its face <laughs> the, the 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 sure the magnitude of all of this the cor- the corporate horrors that is yeah. um and it's it's absolutely surreal you see an individual whose net worth was in the billions go to zero to your point or in like a couple days two days mm-hmm. uh, and and now let's talk about the bankruptcy right if you don't mind so in the bankruptcy we have all these poor people who, and not just people, there's hedge funds, there's other folk, right? There's the other fallout folks that, is going to continue to roll out, right? We're not done with this yet, but yeah, oh, sorry. This is, oh, no, it's fine. This whole 2023, you're going to see folks just disappear, not just in crypto, but mm-hmm. who had who have been investing in crypto, these, right. you know, these uh, financial groups that have also been, whole, you know, uh, investing in crypto. And right. here's the thing is if, if, FTX is the custodian of these coins, right? Like you have all of your coins in FTX and they file bankruptcy and now you're in the bankruptcy proceeding. Well, now you're just a creditor, which to my understanding, which came out yesterday, I think there's more than a million creditors in the bankruptcy, which may be a, maybe it's a record. I want, I want a listener to tell me if it is or isn't. Unbelievable. I have, I have bigger questions. And my Shoot. question is, this is not... Somebody no one's ever heard of running mm-hmm. maybe a large fund, but, you know, kind of operating in the background and, and you know, something went wrong. Uh, there was a run on the fund and, and now they're bankrupt. Sure. This was somebody who was heralded as the god of crypto, the genius in the room. <laughs> the genius. Uh, but that's how he it's was true. treated. That's how he how was treated. How many articles were about him? Yeah, you're right. And, and, and I, I don't know how, how it was in Florida, but in LA, I remember as crypto winter was starting kind of this summer and earlier this year, uh, SBF, as he's known, Sam Bankman Fried, SBF literally had posters all around town with, with his face on it, kind of saying that FTX was going to save the day and come over to FTX and, and all these things. He, he was everywhere and he was heralded well, galore. It, but yeah. there was a sudden, the emperor has no clothes moment, and, and within the blink of an eye, crash and burn. It, uh, that, how does that it's happen? It's exactly what happened. It, it's to that point. So in Miami, FTX was, I think, the Heat Stadium. It mm-hmm. literally is, which is now subsequently being changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was very similar because he was all, SBF was also um, acting to try to bail out certain players in the crypto industry. You're right. He mm-hmm. was being heralded as this hero of crypto. You're right. This mm-hmm. wonder boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like probably late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, him and his group of yeah. yeah, him and his group of friends in the Bahamas. Um, you know, effectively like heralding this Web three future. Yeah. Um, and what you found is, I think someone had said this about you know because people are comparing this either to Enron or to Theranos, right? Right. Uh, it's not Theranos. It's not like I have this idea and I'm trying to do it and I and I end up engaging in these unscrupulous practices right. to try to reach right. this goal, which never happens. 
I, they, he perpetuated, at least from the allegations that we're seeing across the board, he potentially perpetuated this huge fraud. That's what it was. So he wasn't yep. a golden boy, yep. if, if all the facts were proven true. He was, he was, he a, was a crook. Yeah. He was a crook. <laughs> he was a criminal, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is not happening in a vacuum. This is already happening in a year where crypto is down mm-hmm. 60%, some massive number, 60% oh, or something like that. We're not even done yet. Did we just take crypto winter and turn it into a mass extinction event? Uh, does crypto come back a, from this? That's a good question. So I think a couple things. One, I think Enron, after Enron, you saw this whole move to uh, instill more regulations in place to never have Enron happen again. Yes. I think this will herald a slew of regulatory. Um, it has to. After after everything after. we've seen this year from Luna oh, to, to FDI, if it does not, to, we have big problems. To yeah. Celsius was another to one. Celsius, I mean, right. It's, we're definitely going to see heavy regulation coming into place or at least a significant push for it because otherwise um, the issue you run into is more of these players popping up, doing the same thing, selling snake oil, yeah. um, engaging in these Ponzi schemes, right? Because that's what this yep. really is. This really is a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Um, that's what I think is coming next. I think if you're a lawyer um, in the crypto space and you are a regulatory lawyer, also a white collar crime lawyer, you probably did do pretty well for a little <laughs> while. Um, but if you, but if you're a regulatory attorney, securities lawyer, like, and also because you're right, or, or we're not done yet. I mean, a bankruptcy lawyer, especially, mm-hmm. you're going to be doing pretty well in this space for a little while. Right. But I do think it'll stabilize at some level, right? I do think it'll stabilize, and this is that that watershed moment where things change, right? But and you're getting in on the ground floor and you're seeing the regulations come out in real time and, and you're kind of keeping exactly. up with all that. So you will be on the forefront uh, in the future. If crypto if crypto remains and exists yep. in, in 10 years, you will you will solidly know the rules uh, and how yep. to play this world. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's, it's going to be a crazy one. But I tell you it what, will. we're going to probably report about this story again because... Oh, we're not done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. done talking about this crazy <laughs> <laughs> we we got to mint a new bell, so we might be replacing either Twitter the or Amazon. Bell. Yeah, with the <laughs> there you go. Okay, so on the back of what we were just talking about, uh, it's not just crypto. Silicon Valley itself is you know laying off tens of thousands of people from Meta and, and Twitter and Amazon and, and you name it. There are, there are big cuts going on throughout the valley, and that's affecting big law firms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Gunderson Detmer, which is a huge firm out there. Uh, is announcing two round, or has done two rounds of layoffs in the last three months. They've cut some 30 attorneys. Uh, and it's not just them, right? You also have yeah. uh, Cooley has done this. Uh, you have Kirkland, uh, which has cut some 20, 25 associates. Uh, it's it's a real, you know, hiring freeze, cutting, everything. It's, it's a real chill across the board. We're seeing it. We're definitely going to see more of it, um, especially if you're doing tech transactions, if you're doing M&A, because the only M&A you'll probably see this is me talking like so, so aggressively on this topic. I'm sure that this is nonsense. I'm sure there'll be more. But like what I fully expect is the M&A work you'll see is is probably like company couldn't raise around. Bigger company comes in to swoop them up because it's either that or they're going to disappear. Um, so you get them at a discount. Tech transactions are probably going to be low, if not lower. So if you're doing that kind of work, you may not be in for a fun couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully expect to see more of that. Also, you'll probably see that generally in the transactional space. I will say, though, outside of tech, it's not terrible right now. Hmm. So if you're doing work outside of that space, like you may be fine, but we're not done with these layoffs. 
I want to talk about also kind of how these layoffs are happening with something called stealth layoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, they're not even letting you know ahead of time, hey, you got two weeks or whatever the case may be. They're just kind of sending you an email in the morning. You're out or how? So this is what I've heard. So like, yeah, like they don't really tell anyone, like they just like casually 30 people disappear from the firm. Um, What I've also heard where stealth is being used, I don't know necessarily what's happening here, but I've heard this is a rumor. This is an allegation. I am not, not such a lawyer for this. I am not, I am not confirming (laughs) this, um, but I have heard from very reputable meme pages. So that's where my sources are coming from. That what's happening is you see some firms overhire. I mean, that's probably what happened anyways, but they're overhiring. And what they do is they apparently giving folks less work and basically starving them out where you're like, oh, you're only, you're only billing 20 hours this month or 30 hours or 40 hours, whatever it is, right? And you're like, well, that's not enough. And the reason why they're not billing those hours is because purposefully they're not getting work to bill. So they're being undermined. They're being set they're being, up to fail effectively. Exactly. Okay. And that, so it's like uh, very stealthy. Again, <laughs> I'm not confirming it. If you're one of these firms and you just want to just kill me because you don't think that's true, that's fine. But at least very reputable meme pages have told me that that's potentially the case. Um, which at least sounds slightly plausible. I mean, yeah. in 2021, we saw a surge of hiring, crazy hiring, salary wars, bonus wars, like the whole nine yards. And now the script has flipped and now you're like, what did I need 25 junior associates? Probably not. That class should have been maybe like five or six, especially if the work starts to dry up. Well, uh, you know, kind of the, the hiring glut in the past aside uh, does, you know, in, in 2008 and 2001, when, when we were in the situation mm. then, when there was all these cuts, it basically heralded a, a, a recession, kind of a, a bubble bursting. Sure. Uh, this feels very, very similar, no? Like it feels in the tech like- space, it does. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. And what they did in like 0809 is probably a better example, um, is they like... I've I've heard of this happening is that they were telling folks like we're sending the offer. We'll give you X amount of money as almost like a consolation prize. Like, sorry, you're not working here. Or uh, they deferred classes where they're like, you're not starting this year. You can start next year. And I've heard, I think Gunderson. Yeah. Not only did they cut 30. Yeah. They're, they're deferring the the starting to January. That, that looks like 08. That that's exactly what that looks like. So um, in the tech space, and I will say this, other places are hiring. I have seen other firms hiring, depending on the practice area. Um, but at least in the tech transaction space, it's go- it looks like it's going to start looking a lot more like 0809, especially with these layoffs. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'll, if my two cents, if it's worth anything, if you're looking for any advice, this is the time to be agile, to provide alternative fee arrangements, to... Um, be flexible about your fee, be flexible about how you, uh, you bill for certain things, right? It could be flat fee, hybrid fee, where it's a hourly plus a, some sort of kicker. Be flexible because these in-house departments are having to riff a lot of people. They don't have the budget anymore. So that's my two cents, my unsolicited two cents. If you're listening to this and you're a private practice attorney, um, you got to get creative in this market. And if you're one of these laid off associates, we've talked about this in the past, is this the time to now do some sort of parallel track, some some practice like bankruptcy oh, yeah. or something parallel to, to tech or, or what's... Think about it. Like if you're one of those attorneys in the SBF, as we were just talking about for, or the FTX, SBF, bankruptcy, you're, you're going to make a killing. You're, I mean, yeah. you'll probably make a killing. So yes, absolutely. 
flip flip it now as a or if you're working at one of these firms try to see if you can get into those practice areas the practice areas that are thriving litigation bankruptcy um employment is probably going to be doing a lot of work right now because of especially these rifts and these layoffs so and regulation absolutely Oh, regulation, yeah. yeah. Uh, some sort of regulatory attorney. If you're like a yeah. crypto regulatory attorney, get on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, good luck to all those people uh, right mm-hmm. now. And uh, yeah, I hope that in uh, the coming months, it'll it'll go back to uh, to a healthier scene. But Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, well let's pivot here uh, and talk about uh, Barstool Sports um, mm-hmm. and, and its founder, Dave Portnoy. Uh Portnoy has been uh, been plagued by by plenty of criticism over the years, sure. uh, and over the last year specifically, uh, Insider.com, or used to be known, I believe, as BusinessInsider.com, has been publishing some reports on some pretty serious allegations of, of sexual assault and, and misconduct uh, against Portnoy. Uh, so Portnoy went to court, said that this is defamation, mm-hmm. uh, and it just looks like a federal judge threw out that claim, said this is not. This does not meet the standard of defamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, if somebody's accusing you of these things and, and, and you know, they're, they're, you know, a, a, sure. a legitimate publication is writing about that, about these allegations, um, you're a public figure and that needs to be known. Uh, so a, a pretty, pretty serious case is being leveled against him. Um, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, if we could just talk for a second, uh, you were bringing sure. this up about the definition of, of, of defamation. Yeah, defamation is... I think I don't know how many defamation cases I've seen, or at least threatened defamation across the board. Um, I don't know if it's just more and more people are like, you've defamed me, especially on the internet. You've defamed me, so like you could find an attorney to go after it. Um, there are just it's it, there is a high bar depending on what if you're a private figure or a public figure, right? Like that. That's when the standard changes. Yeah. Um, and when you're a public figure, it's a high bar to prove defamation. And in this case in particular. Which again, I think like you're not defaming someone if it's true, if these allegations right. are true, right? And, and, and he's not in, denying it. That I was think never that's, his that's, claim. that's I think that's right. I think it yeah. would Portnoy now it's uh, I think what the judge had said that you didn't say that the sources were fake and or that the articles misrepresented what the women said, right? right? So it just the insider just reported on on what what right what had happened, right? Right. So uh, that's that's something that probably people need to be cognizant of if you're filing defamation suit. Like, you can't just file the. I mean, yeah, listen, you could file whatever you want to file. It's not going to. It doesn't mean you're going to be victorious, right? Right. Um, if you're just going to file a defamation suit against someone just because you think, hey, like you defame me because I didn't like what you said, if it's the truth, I mean, yeah, especially if you're a public figure, right? Right. And, and his whole argument is, well, my my sex life is private. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, your the sex life of my is privacy. private. Sure, but if you've committed assault or you've committed some crime in that life, uh, and especially well, if you're I will a say this, figure. right? Like, we're not adjudicating any crimes here. I will say that. So, like, Dave, if you're listening to this, don't sue me for defamation. <laughs> no one wants to be back in court for this. Uh, <laughs> but, but but in the theoretical, yeah, ab- absolutely in the theoretical, right? Like, if it is something. That's, you know, I mean, effectively, if these are these are allegations, I can report on the allegations as well, right? Especially um, a public figure like Dave. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, I guess it's a, it's a victory for First Amendment rights. It's a victory for speech rights for the, for the insider. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's a defeat for, for Barstool. Defeat for Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Let's take a look then. Uh, 
at some of the smaller stories this week sure. uh, and kind of pivot here to, to slightly lighter, lighter fare. Is this uh, lighter, this next story? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> the fact that insulin, a life-saving drug, is so expensive might not be lighter, but what no. did happen <laughs> uh, with the whole $8 verification thing on Twitter uh, sure. is that a lot of fake accounts popped up that were verified. One of them uh, pretended to be Eli Lilly, the, the, the mega pharmaceutical firm. Uh, and they tweeted that insulin is now free. And Eli Lilly, as a result, lost some 5% of its market cap, which for a firm that's, that's billions and billions of dollars, yeah, that's that's quite a bit of money. Uh, so in response, what Eli Lilly did is is halted ad buys on Twitter. And Twitter is, is drowning in debt and hoping to, to turn a profit. So for major companies to start to do that as a, as a result... It, it, it's, it's, it's funny, man. I, I watched this one in real time. It was like... Eli Lilly, Lockheed Martin was another one. Um, Coca-Cola was one. Someone imitated Tesla. (laughs) That was a nice one. That was like, I see what you did there with with Elon owning the company. So um, that was something that was warned before this even happened. Listen, Elon, if you allow everyone to be verified, which verification, at least when it was first created and up until now, signified this person is a legitimate this is the person this is the for a company exact you know this is this is the company right um you will have these imitators come in right for eight bucks because they weren't even you know making sure that whoever was paying the money was actually the person or was parody or not and caused absolute mayhem um Mm. in terms of the legal implications people are speculating i don't think there's a cognizable claim against Elon, per, you know, um, but it's NBC, and I would be shocked if just something is filed because of the sheer loss in value. Sure, sure, but also just from a, a business choice, it's not it was not the smartest move. If you're going to get a, a few thousand verified accounts for eight dollars, right? Nobody's sure. going to do it for more than a month, right? It's just going to do they're going to do it once to yep. make the joke, pay the eight dollars, and that's it. So you made I don't know eighty thousand, eight hundred thousand dollars. Yep. But then you have these mega firms like Coca-Cola and Eli Lilly and whomever pulling their ads, which is millions and millions of dollars. What did you gain? Can you imagine like, I mean, it's it's not can you imagine because we've just watched it, but like any other any other um, company and just a racist, sexist, horrible slur right. is being tweeted out. Yeah. If I'm a company, that is a real possibility. Why would I ever want to be on the platform again to do it? I think uh, Playbill. Playbill is a good example. Playbill is no longer, I think, on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And they made some public statement like, we are no longer posting on Twitter. Our accounts will no longer be on there. And I think they probably did because if there's a pseudo-verified Playbill, right, some fake Playbill account saying horrible things about a play coming up or just whatever about the industry generally, it could really hinder just like Eli Lilly. So I couldn't agree with you more. Like as an advertiser, why would I want to be on there? Right, right. And if the, the whole argument was, I'm going to buy Twitter to, to protect freedom of speech, uh, here are the consequences, if that's your that's your take. We talked about this, right? It's yeah. like, you can have free speech, but you're not free from societal consequences. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. That's right. All right. Well, let's stay with Musk and pivot to our last story here, which is um, up until now, up until Elon Musk bought Twitter... Uh, he was uh, the company was making a play to establish itself or, or mm-hmm. make its main establishment as Ireland. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, the, the the company had to comply with a whole host of GDPR uh, regulations set by the EU. Now that Elon Musk has taken over, he is not complying with any of those uh, regulations, and as a result, the EU is like, "Well, you can't then use Ireland as your main establishment. 
Moreover, if you're not going to comply with our laws, you're exposing yourself to massive regulatory uh, uh, scrutiny and, and possible litigation. I think it's what is it? It's like 4% of your animal. What is it? Your 4% of your annual global turnover. Some privacy attorney, if you're watching this, can you correct me if I'm wrong? But it is some nasty fine for, for what they're doing. Um, gosh, why would you want to mess with a privacy regulator? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> is he pulling out just because he doesn't want to comply with, with regulations? Or is he pulling out because he doesn't want it to be Ireland? Or, or what, what is the thinking behind this? He still has to comply with the GDPR uh, because it's still pre present in the EU. Um, I, I don't. I think it's less of a play of like, oh, we're we're we we're going to do this like four dimensional you know dimensional chess and we're going to get out of whatever getting you know whatever we can get out of. It's much more of a. I just don't want to comply with this. I mean, listen. There's also the FTC regulations or. Or as a settlement or a consent order or what have you. And that's, I don't know if that's being complied with completely as well. I think it's just, Elon's like, I don't care about these regulators. I'll, t I'll pay a fine. I've always paid the fine or whatever it is. I don't care. I think it's more of that. I think mm -hmm. it's more of your impediment to what I'm trying to do as opposed to I have to work within your regulatory regime, um, which will bite you hard. I would not, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Orin, I would not mess with the EU. I would not mess Nor with any I. privacy regulations because. The fines are gnarly. I think Amazon right. got fined recently for mm -hmm. some outrageous amount of money. I think also in Ireland. Um, so not not the move I'd make. Not the move I'd make. Uh, if you're trying to build a sustainable company as the new owner of it, uh, not the not the smartest move, I'd say. Nope. But what do I not know? I don't own Twitter, I, so what do listen, I know? <laughs> I'm, I'm functionally poor, so I am not. <laughs> I am not. I'm a professional I'm writer, so I know the term well. Uh, <laughs> I post on the internet for a living, so yeah, I feel, so there I you, feel you on that. Neither of us are multimillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for, for tuning into this episode. Yes, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you being a listener. And I will say this at the very end. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please subscribe to our newsletter. Yeah. If you don't enjoy what you're listening to, shoot me an email. Just tell me why you don't like and, it. And subscribe because, anyway. Just do a, yeah, just do a hate order. subscribe. Why not? Just do it. Just give just me a zero it. every time. I don't yeah, know. there you go. <laughs> <All> <laughs> thank right, you, everybody. <laughs> and thank you, Matt, for, for speaking with me through this. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. See you next time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out also on LinkedIn and Twitter to keep up to speed with what we're doing. Catch you on the next one.